Hello, YouTube family. Oh, I gotta clean this screen. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> Sorry about this, folks. It took me a second. See what's going on. There we go. Oh, can I get it? Turns out my tripod is cracked. So we'll see uh, what happens here. <laughs> yeah, the water is a little cloudy in the fish tank, so you're not going to get the best view. So sorry about that this morning, but I think we're going to be able to get through this. Ah, enjoy the view, enjoy the fish. So um, today's topic is why the new supply has no peace. And, you know... <laughs> It really has a lot to do with what has already happened to us. So we already know what the new supply is going through. What we're not aware of is being able to see, right? We can't see what's going on in their, in their relationship, but we pretty much know because we have lived it out. So welcome, welcome, wonderful, wonderful friends. Good to see you guys hopping on. Good morning, John and Obi. Good to see you guys here. Um, let me see. Obi's got a few comments here. What's going on in his life? My case manager? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Let's see. Where am I? Okay. <laughs> Okay, I have no idea what's going on there with the case manager, but I can understand frustration with people who don't listen, who aren't, uh, you know, they get so focused and they can't hear what the other person's uh, saying. So I have to check myself as well because uh, yesterday I had a, this conversation with a friend and, you know, looking back, I think there were a couple of times where I was just very focused on a different thing than what she was talking about. And I I don't think I responded to what, I mean, it wasn't like the whole conversation, but there were there was at least one time I remember where she was talking about something, but you know how your mind strays and you're on to another subject. And uh, so I kind of, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I didn't respond to the, the thing that she was talking about. So we have to be better listeners for sure. You know, it's easy to get distracted and, and thinking about other issues and other things taking precedence in your in your mind and in your life. But be careful that uh, you're not doing that while you're with other people, right? It's better that you pay attention to them and uh, become a good listener. It's good to contribute to the conversation, but it's also extremely important to be a good listener. So you guys... I wanted to start this with uh, something Obi mentioned at the beginning, which is absolutely true. Why the new supply has no peace. Uh, the first thing that came to mind for Obi here, excuse me, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about it, was that that your your narcissist or the new supply, right, who's now with the narcissist, the narcissist is always meeting up with you or other exes, right? The narcissist is not going to stay away from their exes. They're obsessed as well with their exes. So it's not that you're the only one who's obsessed with them. They also get obsessed with us. So they're constantly meeting up with or texting or staying in communication in contact with their exes and possibly with you as well, right? Um, that has happened multiple times uh, with my narcissistic ex. So what the new supply gets are a lot of excuses. The, the new supply gets told that the ex is going through a hard time, which is not even true. Um, it's just that the narcissist wants to hook up with the ex. Uh, there are always these, uh, what, you know, they're always meeting up with them. They're always at weird hours too, like in the middle of the day during work, they, they just take off, they take a break and you're like, what the heck? 
or or they're at home and it's late at night, two in the morning, and they leave. And you're like, what? What? So the new supply is noticing this, but the narcissist has multiple excuses that sound good, that sound plausible. So the new supply doesn't want to mess things up, doesn't want to challenge the narcissist, doesn't want to rock the boat, right? So they'll let the narcissist get away with this for quite a while. Uh, the narcissist will mock the new supply for, for being jealous, right? Oh, why are you so jealous? And um, and then accusatory. Why, why don't you trust me? How can you not trust me? And uh, the new supply learns to back off and not ask questions because it may even escalate to anger, right, from the, from the narcissist who then starts to get angry that the new supply dares to question the narcissist's excuses. So you're, you're supposed to believe everything the narcissist says. Only the narcissist can be suspicious of you, but you're never allowed to be suspicious of the narcissist because they have an expectation that you will believe their lies. And to them, they think they're so cunning, they're so clever, that their lies make perfect sense to them. You know, why they have to leave at two in the morning because the, the ex needs advice. And apparently the ex can't possibly get that advice over the phone. <laughs> that the narcissist has to meet up with them physically. So, you know, the, the new supply just cannot win. Cannot convince the narcissist to not meet up with the, the ex. They, they can come up with so many excuses, not excuses, so many reasons how that destroys trust, how it destroys relationships, how they had already themselves gone through something like this. So they're trying to tell their narcissist, companion, partner, husband, wife, whatever they are at this point, trying to tell them, how this is hurting them, you know, the new supply themselves. And the narcissist is so self-centered, they don't care. They, they cannot fathom, they cannot understand, they cannot put themselves in the new supply shoes. All they can think of is the new supply uh, must obey, the new supply must believe, the new supply must cooperate with the narcissist. And if the new supply does not do as the narcissist requires and thinks it's completely reasonable to meet up with their ex at two in the morning uh, at an undisclosed place, they're not even going to tell the new supply where they're meeting up. So there's no way for the new supply to check. All of this seems completely normal and natural to the narcissist, except if the new supply were to do that to them. Then, of course, it is not natural. It's not normal. And how dare the new supply go meet up with his or her ex at two in the morning. And all the excuses that the new supply might give makes no sense suddenly to the narcissist, even if they're all the same excuses the narcissist has used. Because the narcissist feels like only they can come up with these excuses. Only their excuses can be valid. Even though they know their excuses are completely invalid, right? They know that all the excuses they just gave the, the new supply are total lies. Complete, utter lies. And yet they believe that the new supply, well, that's why they don't believe the new supply. They, they believe the new supply is meeting up with their ex for all the nefarious reasons that the narcissist meets up with their ex. And I'm not saying the new supply is meeting up with their ex, but at some point, the new supply may actually reach out to their exes and, and looking for consolation, you know, looking for someone, a shoulder to, to lean on because they're going through so much emotional trauma with the narcissist. So this is why the new supply has no peace. We're sitting there and we only see them in the daytime, right? We only see them in their little social media, little clips, and we think things are perfect. 
We see them in their nice new home. We see them even with a baby. And here, you guys, um, if they have children together, it's even worse for the new supply because now the new supply is stuck at home with the baby while the narcissist takes off. So the new supply can't do anything. They, they have to be, they have to pay attention to the baby, to the new, to the new baby. So even if it's a male, that's the new supply and it's a female narcissist, the female narcissist will leave and leave the baby with the new supply, right? And then the new supply has to stay home and take care of the, the child. While the new, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, while the narcissist goes off gallivanting with their ex. This happens. It's absolutely crazy. I remember a couple of different instances where um, I've had friends who had to deal with that. Where the, the new supply was stuck. You know, the new supply is distracted with the child. And for a while, the child gives the new supply so much joy and so much peace. Or not peace. Well, there are peaceful moments, I guess, you know, when they're holding the baby and they're comf comforting each other while the narcissist is out gallivanting with their exes. So that's pretty much the only peace that the new supply gets. And... And I'll have to say, you know, a lot of times the baby is a blessing to the new supply. Even if the narcissist has doesn't want anything to do with the baby, doesn't want anything to do with the, the new supply, essentially leaves and abandons both of them. But it, this is where the new supply, it's a, it's a huge burden and a huge responsibility. But the new supply will play it up like everything is wonderful and the baby is so amazing and they want to project this image as if they're this perfect little family. Meanwhile, the narcissist is off with their ex. Well, here's another thing. If they're not off with their ex, and I want to come back to that, by the way, because that is absolutely insanity to me when when. Narcissists think that they can put their ex's needs above their current partner's needs, uh, above their current partner's relationship or their relationship with their current partner, the, the new supply. And that right there should, should alert the new supply that they are not the top priority. They are not important to the narcissist. Well, another reason why the the new supply will have no peace is because the narcissist is moody. A lot of times people think it's the bipolar or, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm blanking out on it, but you know, they, they think that it's other mental issues that the narcissist has, and it may very well be that, but narcissists are not very calm, even keeled people, unless they're just completely detached. But even when they're detached, they're insane, right? They, they ha the, mo the times that they're detached is the only time that they seem even keeled. Other times, they're just up and down and all over the place. So the new supply is not going to have the peace in their home that they're projecting to the world. Like they're showing how beautiful their home looks and they just got new furniture or they just went on a trip together and and it makes it you know look like they have this beautiful wonderful life that's just full of excitement and fun meanwhile on a on a dime the narcissist turns on them like right after the photo is taken right after the little video is taken the narcissist is complaining about how they look in the video the lighting wasn't right and the new supply didn't set up the phone or camera correctly. So they're getting, they're getting that abuse. They're getting accused. They're getting yelled at. They're getting, you know, they're getting shame and guilted by the narcissist. And that, of course, never makes it onto social media. That is not going to make it onto their photo album of vacation memories, you guys. 
Meanwhile, we're sitting here thinking things are perfect for them. Well, you guys, so glad to see you hopping on, Rachel. Good morning. So, yeah, you know, their moodiness. You are going to feel like you're walking on eggshells. It does not end with them. Aw, thank you, Rachel. That's very sweet of you. I appreciate that. So, Rachel just gave me a, I don't know what you call this, <laughs> top chat contribution. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes, I do remember you, Rahela. I appreciate seeing you again. So glad to see you. Let me see. In AO, Obi says, in AO, AOL days, some chick I had on my friends list, okay, best friend was looking for her because her, oh no, that's awful, Obi. Yeah, you know, I did, I did notice that about you, Obi, from the very beginning, your, your characteristic was very much narcissistic and I know that you're working through it, so I'm very proud of you to do that. You're working on all of these things and unraveling the things that happened to you that, that essentially embedded in you these traits. So we all have to do that. I think when, when the new supply comes out of narcissistic relationships, and especially if you were raised by a narcissist, you were on eggshells all the time. And then you learn the coping mechanisms that the narcissist portrayed. And then you become like the narcissist, right? Because we start to use the same survival mechanisms that the narcissist uses. And we even, you know, that's why so many people who come out of, of a home with a narcissistic parent will say, I will never be like that. And then they find themselves behaving very similarly, if not exactly like that. So that's why we have to be so careful. Dream, good morning. Good to see you. Oh, Rachel. Let's see what you had court yesterday. The new supply is supposed to be testifying against you. Wow. Trying to take full custody, saying I have, oh, yeah, mental issues. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, you know, this is where it's so important that we learn to be the stable one. That's why it's so important that we find other things to focus on in our lives, like our careers and rebuilding our home or rebuilding our financial situation or rebuilding relationships around us so that we have we have the support around us, especially if we have children with the narcissist. So we have to create the stable environment for the child. Um, and the child will come out better for it, right? That they have someplace safe to go when, when they don't have to be with the narcissist. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that, Rachel. Rahela. Good, good. Sorry, you guys, if my um, voice is moving back and forth because I'm looking on a different screen. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Cleaning your chicken coop. <laughs> I like that. I want to actually make or, you know, build a chicken coop. I need to get into this. I hear so many good things and about chickens and what personalities they have. Um, I have some friends that have chickens and they call them their girls. It's very cute. Yes, exactly. So you guys, why is the new supply not gonna have peace? Essentially, it's the same reason we didn't have peace with the narcissist, right? We were in this nightmare that for some reason we clung to, we wanted it because there were moments of, of ecstasy, right? There were moments of exhilaration, but they were often swallowed up by extreme sadness, extreme insecurity, extreme just turmoil inside of our hearts. There was no peace. There were moments of exhilaration and excitement. 
that kept us with the narcissist. And that is exactly what the new supply is also going through. But in the meantime, they're walking on eggshells. I'm just thinking about a couple of relationships, actually more than a couple. Every person I have known that has been with a narcissist could not could not walk into their home happily. They just didn't. They did not come home and think like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to come home. I can't wait to see my partner who's the narcissist. No, it's usually, oh my gosh, their car is in the driveway. Oh no. And then they have to prepare themselves. Like they have to sit on the driveway for a while and prepare themselves before they go in, right? They have to put on the full armor of God. <laughs> they have to center themselves because they don't want to get into a fight. They have to brace themselves in case they immediately get attacked. Why were you five minutes late? Why didn't you pick up something on the way home? You knew you were supposed to do that. You know, or you're greeted with extreme anger instead of, oh, how was your day? And oh, I'm glad you're home. This is not what the narcissist greets the new supply with. The narcissist greets the new supply with anger, with frustration, with everything that went wrong in their day that day. And the new supply has to walk into that after their long day, right? They're tired. You know, they, they just had a rough day at work. And then they have to come in and listen to the narcissist complain and belittle them and start turning their, you know, the narcissist's anger towards the new supply and taking it out on them. We have all gone through this and we're like, you know, I remember being raised and uh, by a narcissist and I was traumatized about coming home. I did not want to come home. I wish I were more independent and innovative than I, I wish I had known how to get out of it when I was 12, right? Wouldn't that have been nice at 12 years old, know how to be independent I mean, it's not nice in that you shouldn't have to be independent, but it would be nice if you were able to get yourself out of that situation, right? At 12 years old, you know, kids are pretty smart. They're, they're pretty, um, they have good instincts, but they don't know how to pay rent, right? They don't know how to, how to get a job and, and do the things to put food on the table and, and a roof over their heads. And so they're dependent on the narcissist. Well, this is a lot very similar for the new supply because they become dependent on the narcissist. And when the narcissist is abusing them, they can't get away because they don't know how they're going to survive. They don't know how they're going to be able to make the rent. They don't know where they're going to go that night, right? That's why you have to have a plan when you're getting ready to leave a narcissist. You, you have to know where you're going you have to you have to have a money supply you don't have to have to right but you have to want to find a money supply for yourself some source of income so you know you need to start learning how to write resumes you need to start learning how to even switch jobs to another city because you want to get away from the narcissist I was just uh, talking with somebody recently who was saying they were helping this uh, their niece get get out and away from her narcissistic, abusive husband. And, um, you know, at the time it seemed hopeless for the niece. Excuse me for a second, I'm going to get a drink. And she was in another state. She wasn't even in their state. She was in another state. And it seemed like there was nobody around her who could help her in the way that she needed, like who could give her room for her and and her child, um, who could financially support her until she got on her feet. There was no one in her immediate circle, and often there will not be, because the narcissist takes up all of the new supplies time. The narcissist doesn't allow the new supply to build relationships where the relationship could help support them. So that's why this niece, the, this couple's niece, had no circle of friends or support group that could take her in. 
And they were really surprised by that, right? But then they went, they went several, I forget how many hours to drive to get to her, picked her up, brought her and the and her child to their home in my state. And they they had a basement with, you know, finished basement that was essentially a little apartment into itself, you know, and that gave the niece and her baby a chance or child, not a baby at this point. Uh, a place to stay and recuperate because that's another thing the new supply needs is is time to recuperate right but sometimes it's nice to be thrown immediately into a job because that then takes your mind off of the narcissist off of your longing and your desire because when we sit still and we we're not distracted by work we're not distracted by responsibilities and obligations our mind tends to fantasize the good things with the narcissist. And here's why I'm telling you about this story. The, the husband, the uncle, he recognized that this was a total God situation where they had to come in and take her because they saw that she wanted to go back to him. She longed for him. She missed him. So she wanted to go back to the narcissist ex, even though he was abusive to her and the child. So the uncle understood this is why it was, it, it happened the way it did, where she had to be taken out of town. Now she can't go back to him. She can't just, you know, uh, call him up and have him pick her up. She can't just go uh, catch a, an Uber or whatever to get, get over to him. She had to recuperate completely go cold turkey on this guy. And and that's the only way that she could have started now a new life with her child. Otherwise, she would have been sucked back in, dragged back in, you know, just tempted to go back in. And that is why when we are going through the breakup with the narcissist, we have to go cold turkey. It is hard. It's excruciating. It feels like you're tearing an arm off of your body. But if you don't do that, the cancer will spread and will destroy you and even the child that you have with them. So that's why it's so important that you you separate, you, you cut off communication, and then you also you also want to to rebuild. That that is the time when you're able to rebuild. Now, the new supply is not going to be able to rebuild, right? There's no way for the new supply to rebuild. So how, how is the new supply able to have any peace if they cannot rebuild while they're living with the narcissist? They're constantly being torn down, right? They're constantly being pulled apart by the narcissist's words and actions, their, their disregard for the new supply, their neglect of the new supply. Because remember, the, the narcissist is going to be looking for other supply. You know, um, the narcissist is never going to be fulfilled. There's no one person, there's no one thing, there's not even their current system of support that will be enough for the narcissist. And in fact, the narcissist will then blame everybody else in their life for why they are not fulfilled. Oh, hold on, you guys. I'm going to have to stop this before it gets into... I'm watching somebody's dog for them. <laughs> and she just started barking. All right. So, yeah, there, there is no peace. The, the narcissist cannot have enough. Just cannot have enough. Cannot have enough attention, cannot have enough adoration. They need constant adoration. They want someone just, you know, falling over themselves like a ditzy, crazy, you know, brainless broad or or a brainless guy who, who is just going to you say, oh, you're so wonderful and I just can't believe how amazing you are. And they actually think that they deserve this type of adoration even when they treat people horribly, horribly, right? They demand adoration and they don't see that that's stupidity. <laughs> it's utter stupidity that they would demand that people adore them. So they would demand that their wife 
just worship the ground they walk on, right? That, that the wife owes them so much. Or if it's the husband who's the new supply, they're going to demand that the husband see that they're the queen and that the husband's so lucky to be with them because there are other men who would want to be with them. And you're like, okay. And then you expect your partner, the narcissist that, that is, expects their partner to worship the ground they walk on and act like they're at a Justin Bieber concert or an Elvis concert, right? Where they're just like screaming and crying, can't wait to touch them. The narcissist is out of their freaking mind, right? They have no idea how stupid they look, how stupid this, this perception of themselves is. And, and yet they, they'll get angry. They'll get angry at the new supply because the new supply is not acting like a crazed fan at a concert. You know, they think that there's some kind of rock star that deserves, you know, people just screaming and crying and reaching their arms out to them and worshiping them. And yet they treat their fans like crap, right? Like, think about it. These rock stars, they actually treat their fans pretty well, right? You know, they, they interact with them. They talk to them. They, they'll sign whatever, you know, jackets and things for them. They, they know that their fans make them successful. Without their fans, they're nothing. But a narcissist doesn't understand that. A narcissist doesn't look at their partner and understand that without their partner, they're nothing. They really are. They're nothing without their partner who's, who loves them, who, who wants to build a life with them, who wants, wants to build a family with them, who wants to take care of them in their old age, who, who wants to bring them joy. They can't see any of that. They just demand more. So even as the new supply is doing, you know, the whole cheerleader act. And they will. They'll do that on social media. And even at home, because they know they have to do that to survive with the narcissist, right? To keep things going, to keep the relationship going. They have to do the cheerleader thing. And then um, on social media, though, it makes us think, oh my gosh, the narcissist, I mean, the new supply is so stupid that they are worshiping the ground that the idiot narcissist walks on. But the truth is, they do not worship the ground the narcissist works on, walks on. They are frightened. They're living on eggshells. They're walking on eggshells all the time. They're doing this to appease the narcissist. They're doing it to feed the narcissist's ego. And so when you see that, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe the new supplies this stupid and blind. No, they're not that blind. They know what's going on behind closed doors. And in fact, they're the only ones who do know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, you know, oh, there's so many other things that popped into my mind about why the, the new supply has no peace. Um, here's another one. The new supply has no peace because... The new supply is the closest person to the narcissist, all right? So if you're the closest person to the narcissist, who's going to get the brunt of the anger, right? Who's going to see the real narcissist? Who's going to see the, the worst, the bottom of the pit, the, the most horrible part of the narcissist? It's going to be the new supply. And meanwhile, the new supply is going to try to convince other people in their circle, in their support circle, what they're going through. And, and people are going to be skeptical. They're like, well, that's not, you know, that doesn't make sense because you're, the narcissist is such a friendly person, so helpful. That person, you know, they, they will think, well, maybe the new supply is just exaggerating. So there's another reason why the new supply has no peace because people are not going to even believe the new supply when they try to tell them what's really going on behind closed doors. 
Well, they kind of set this trap for themselves because they have been posting on social media how perfect everything is, right? They've been posting that their life is just beautiful and they're the luckiest person to have such a kind and thoughtful and exciting and amazing lover and, you know, whatever they post is absolute nonsense. But they're posting all this crap about the, the narcissist. So, of course, their friends and their family are not going to believe them when they start to say that the narcissist is a jerk. The narcissist is mean. The narcissist is abusive. Uh, and that's why it's so hard for the new supply then to find any peace, to find their way out. So they're going to be working on trying to escape, trying to get out of there while they have to keep up this, this appearance for the narcissist's sake, right? So that they don't rock the boat, so that they don't get attacked regularly. Well, you guys, let me see. Dream, good to see you. Says, mind commanded worshipful adoration. Yes! Isn't that amazing? They want complete adoration. She says, I heard from the grapevine that he was right there in Ottawa in the Freedom Convoy. I knew he would be. He's a Canadian trucker. He was collecting all those women. Wow. Well, here's the other thing. Yeah, you know, they do get involved in mass, whatever, protests that seem virtuous, right? Um, they'll be... At the other protest too, the the I can't even say it because you know we're not allowed to be critical of the other side, the other kind of protest. By the way, um, you can be as critical as you want uh, of the freedom convoy, but you cannot be critical of the other thing that they are uh, protesting. <laughs> so right there, that get you know that should open your eyes to what's going on. So hopefully the narcissist doesn't ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, that happened uh, in my town as well. Like, um, there are a couple of narcissistic, and not just narcissistic, totally corrupt, absolutely corrupt politicians that showed up in my town over at an overpass, right? Supposedly to make a good show to uh, people who they want to, it's an election year again for them. So they want to make it look like, you know, vote for me, vote for me. I'm here to support these people, the, the convoy. And instead of waving uh, the American flag, guess what they were waving? They were waving their own banner with their own name on it. Okay, you guys, they go to a protest. Now, can you imagine going to any protest? Say you're going to a teacher, uh, u teacher's union protest or or you're going to protest at your business, right? Whatever company you work for, because they didn't, they're not giving you enough pay or whatever it might be. And you, you stand outside your company, all right? And instead of waving a flag that says, you know, you know we need higher pay or um, we, we need better health care or something like that. Instead of that, you're waving a flag with your own name on it. Imagine a politician showing up at that kind of a protest and waving their own flag. And, the, and then expecting that those who are protesting would be encouraged. Like this is the, the narcissist's belief that if I show up and I let you know who I am by waving my own flag with my name on it, then you're going to be encouraged that I showed up. Like someone as important as me would show up to your protest. <laughs> You guys, narcissists are absolute idiots. I don't know how else to put it. They are. They just are. So oh, I'm so glad that there's some conversation here. I'm just not interested in starting all over. I love being on my own now, and I don't have a yearning to be involved. Oh, good. And sharing myself to anyone or my privacy or home. Rahela, I hear you, girl. <laughs> this is... I really would encourage most people to do that. I really would encourage most people coming out of a relationship with a narcissist, even if it's been a year, you know, to keep working on building peace in your life. You have to build stability and peace and things and surround yourself with things that you enjoy before you can welcome somebody else into it. And you can, you know, and, and by the time you get healthy-minded, 
with healthy boundaries, and I haven't talked about boundaries in a long time, but the new supply cannot build boundaries while they are living with the narcissist because the narcissist will not tolerate boundaries. How dare you have boundaries? How dare you not trust me? How dare you not do the things I, I expect of you? How dare you use a tone with me, but I can use a tone with you anytime that I want to because the narcissist has, well, the narcissist doesn't allow for boundaries, doesn't allow for autonomy, doesn't allow a person to be a person. And that's why the new supply has no peace. The new supply can make a good show of it because they want to save face, right? They're even protecting the narcissist to a certain extent because they don't want um, they don't want to ruin things. They they want their relationship to work out, so they're going to hide the narcissist's sins. They're going to hide the narcissist's character. So they'll show up at dinner parties or um, gatherings or you know weekend picnics or whatever, and the entire way there. The narcissist is badgering them and, and with hateful words and just tearing them down. And then the new supply is expected to walk into the party as if they just, they you know, they had a wonderful trip there. They just, they had, they, their relationship is perfect and, and they're perfectly health, happy and healthy. This is utter insanity that the new supply is living in. And even if the new supply can clean up and look nice and polished and put a big old smile on their face, you know and I know that it's utter, it's an utter nightmare <laughs> at their house. It just is. Well, let me see here, you guys. Let me see. Oh. <laughs> Sorry guys, I didn't miss a lot. If there are any comments meant for me, let me see. Oh yes. Um Escape from Crazy Town. When Jesus brings us home, I'm going to remember you and your calming healing voice. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you. And you guys, who knows, it might be having it might be happening really soon. <laughs> I'm at this point where so many narcissists are running our country. Um, they're not just narcissists, they're full-on psychopaths. And I'm not saying party line, by the way. It is both parties. Um, and not just that. It's the media, it's uh, the medical uh, business out there. Everything is absolutely crazy town right now and something's going to give and here's the reason why um, even if you you know don't believe what I believe and it doesn't here's the thing the truth doesn't is still the truth and nobody believes it the truth is still the truth and the truth is that financially we are destroyed there we are over a financial cliff and nobody in the media is willing to talk about that that right there indicates to you that there's going to be total dis destruction because if they are to let us know, we would now try and fix it for one. But that's not what they want us to do. Anyway, if you if you're whatever your beliefs are politically, look into where we are financially. I think we are the country with the most debt in the entire world. I don't know if you, you know that. We have the most debt in the entire world. I'll give you an example of rich versus poor. All right, the, the perception of rich versus poor. So there's a person who has, let's say, you know, uh, a million dollar home or even a half million dollar home, right? Let's say this person has a half million dollar home. And nowadays, it's like half million is cheap, right? This is how bad things are getting. Okay, let's go with a million dollar home. This person has a million dollar home. And you're thinking, wow, you know, they, they have a nice car. They're driving a, a really nice car and, you know, a, a $90,000 car. And they, they have this million dollar house and, and they have sports cars as their second and, you know, hobby cars. 
and they go on all these vacations and you're thinking, this is a rich person. Now imagine that that rich person is in $5 million of debt, has $5 million of debt, and they're barely just making the minimum payments to keep their house and their cars and their every vacation they take, they add to their debt, all right? So they're not even, they're, they're not even accruing wealth at this point. What they're holding on to is debt and then the appearance that they have money. Now, let's take another person who say, let's say they have a $250,000 home. It's paid off. They don't have any, um, they don't have a mortgage. And actually, I'll talk to you a little bit about that. It's always good to carry a little bit of mortgage. So hold on. If you, you know, I know people, the, the mantra is always like, pay it off, pay it off. No, if you have a mortgage, don't pay it off too fast. Um, if you, you know, in the last few years, we've had like incredibly, insanely low interest rates. You're practically paying it back for no, um, at no uh, interest. But here's the deal. The person with the $250,000 home driving a, you know, a $10,000 or even maybe a $5,000 secondhand car also has no debt. Um, but they're making, and they may be making, let's say they're making $50,000 a year, right? Maybe more, I don't know. Let's say they're making $50,000 a year. Well, even with the guy who lives in the million dollar house, even if he's making uh, $300,000 a year, he cannot pay off his $5 million of debt and then the debt continually growing by the, is continually growing. It would take him years to catch up to where the guy with the $250,000 house is. Because the guy with the $250,000 house, even though he's making only $50,000 a year, he's actually able to put that away. He's actually able to save that and build on that. So that guy who has the $250,000, one-fourth, and even less, I'm sure, when you look at the vacations and the other cars, has even less, that much less than the other guy is richer. So anyway, if you would look into our country, appears extremely rich, right? We have a lot of houses. We have a lot of nice roads. We have a lot of schools that, you know, are supposed, you know, state schools that are free. Um, how much in debt are we to pay off all of this? How much in debt are we? And then we look at a country uh, that has almost nothing, right? They just have the people, but they have resources, right? They have people and they have resources. They have um, minds of, of resources that the rest of the world wants. They're actually better off. Anyway, I kind of digress. Let's go back to the top topic here. And I digress because the politicians that are running our country, that are destroying our country, all of them, by the way, I don't care what side you're on, all of them. Um, I'm sorry, there are maybe a handful that are trying to fight this, but that's it. That's how sad our situation is right now. We cannot get out of this debt. It'd be like that guy with a million dollar house, but he instead of owing just five million, he owes um, a billion dollars, a billion that is the equivalent, and that's probably even lower than what we actually owe, because we owe in the trillions, you guys. So compared to what we collect and what, uh, yeah, what we're spending, that's probably as accurate. You know, how is this guy, even if he makes 300000 a year, how is he going to pay off a billion dollars in debt? He can't, right? Even if he works his entire lifetime, he cannot pay it back. So... That's where we are. Well, you guys, sorry about that. Didn't want to go into that. So the problem with narcissists and why the new supply has no peace is that the narcissist is about destruction. The narcissist does not know how to build, all right? Everything they build is on sand. Everything they have is, is shaky at best, right? It's only an, an illusion for us to think that maybe... Uh, hold on, you guys. It's an illusion for us that 
to, to believe that the narcissist is doing well because that's what they want to project. They want to everybody to think that they're successful, that they have this million dollar house. I'm going back to that example. Um, that they drive, they're driving these nice sports cars, and in fact, they can have two sports cars. Uh, they want they want to be flashy and make it look like they have things. Meanwhile, they're digging themselves into the biggest debt you will have ever seen a person get into, and that's why a lot of times too they do they embezzle from companies that they work for because they're desperate. They have to keep up this image, and they don't even make enough, so they have to embezzle. They rob, cheat, steal from those closest to them because they're desperate. Narcissists are desperate people. And desperate people do not exude peace. They do not give you uh, security or, <clears throat> or calm. So the new supply comes home to this desperate person who is trying everything they can to keep up their image. And the new supply may be stuck there. The new supply may be dependent on the narcissist and completely unaware, by the way, of how much debt they're in. And here's the narcissist taking out credit on the new supply's name. So now the new supply is dragged into even financial destruction with the narcissist without even understanding or knowing it. And for a while, while the new supply is oblivious to this, while the new supply is not aware that the narcissist is cheating on them, is stealing from them, is signing their name, the new supply's name, to all kinds of debt, new debt, they have no idea that they are <clears throat> barely balancing over the pit, <laughs> you know, that they're about to fall into. Well, you guys... Um, what's another, you know, the, I want to see what's going on in the comments. Yeah, Janny, that's, I'm trying to see what you were saying, Janny. Expectations, maybe that was a while ago. Oh, so glad that you're here too, Jan Janny. Sorry, I'm trying to see if it's Janine or Janny. It's Janny. Yes, I'm so glad that you're here as well. Yeah, you know, where are we? Sorry. Yes, so glad you guys are encouraging one another. I love this community. You guys are beautiful people, by the way. I want you to know that. You guys are wonderful, encouraging, beautiful people. And this is what we need in our lives. We need a community where, you know, we can share the ugliness and even admit our ugliness. And I thank you, Obi, for doing that. You know, you have admitted that you've been narcissistic, right? And you, I mean, I can understand because when you're caught up in this trauma and this pain and you're essentially, you're not really whole, right? You're, you're a destroyed person. And things that are not funny will seem funny to you. Other destructive stuff. And you, ha you start to become, you start to disassociate with people to the point where you're not compassionate or sympathetic. And that's where the narcissism starts to grow more and more. And then at that point, you, you know, you look around and you see how horrible your life is. And all you know are the tools that the narcissist that raised you gave you. And the tools that you picked up, you, you know, you didn't learn the proper tools to use to build relationships. So you guys, oh my gosh, I want to share with you. Um, now you're not in this situation right now, but if or when you get into another relationship, I highly would recommend that you would attend um, it is a Christian organization, uh, Dennis Rainey Family Life, I believe, uh, and their, their event is called A Weekend to Remember. And if you're just dating the person, um, but it's serious and you may be engaged, uh, I would highly recommend you do this, you go to this. Um, but I, you don't, when you're engaged and you're not married yet, don't behave as if you're married. That's the other reason, you know, another way that the narcissist is able to, to lasso you in is because 
I know people don't like to think about this and don't like this part of the Bible, but there is a reason why sex is for marriage. Because you build that commitment. And I'm not saying that every time someone gets married, it's an unbreakable commitment because people do get divorced. But um, you want to start off on the best foot possible, right? You want to actually build the relationship. You want to be friends. You want to be able to see clearly. And if you're already in bed with them, it's hard to see them clearly. And you're going through the infatuation stage, it's hard to see them clearly. So uh, it's called a weekend to remember. And I highly recommend it to couples who are married, who are on the verge of divorce. Uh, and the reason I bring it up is because they provide tools. The tools to build relationship, healthy relationships. Like even me and my husband, we went to one of these, just kind of like uh, a vacation because they have them in nice cities and they choose nice hotels. Uh, they give you a total discount, you know, very, very good discount on the hotels. And we thought we were just going to get away and have kind of a romantic weekend, you know, and we did have that, but we were, we were pleasantly surprised that we were also given these tools to have an even better relationship that we didn't even know we needed. We're like, oh, we didn't even know these tools existed. How um, to communicate better, how to put yourself, really put yourself in the other person's shoes and how to be vulnerable with one another. Like we think we're being vulnerable if we say a few things to the other person about how much they hurt us and what kind of things hurt us. Well, there's more to, you know, that comes out a lot of times as an attack and not as um, a w in a way that you guys can actually work on it. So anyway, they give you these tools on relationship. And that's why I thought of it, because you want to have healthy relationships, but not just with your narcissist, right? Or you can't with the narcissist, not with your partner, not just with your partner, but with those around you people you love and you care about, your friends. So and that's a really good resource. Well, another thing that I wanted to share with you guys about the narcissist and why you cannot have peace with them, why the new supply is not at peace, because even if they try to go to counseling, the narcissist will manipulate the counselor, right? And the first couple of meetings, here, here's kind of the amusing part, you guys. The first couple of meetings with the, the counselor. The counselor is totally aware, by the way. I mean, there are some really bad counselors out there, and there are some uh, average, mediocre counselors. But generally, I want to say that counselors, if they've, been, if they've had clients for a while, they can, they can spot the BS, all right? So they can, they can spot the BS when the narcissist tries to be charming, tries to compliment the, the counselor, tries to engage them in other conversations so they can show off their social skills. All right. I mean, and at first a counselor, and especially if the narcissist is really beautiful or really handsome, you know, the counselor may actually fall for it for a little while, you know, may be like um, mesmerized with it. And sadly, the bad counselors will be completely taken in by that. But for the most part, I believe that counselors can spot it, all right? And the counselors are playing the narcissist. The narcissist has no idea. The counselor knows how to interact with people who are manipulating them. They know how to uh, play along because they want the narcissist to reveal more information. They're, not, they're trying to get the narcissist to open up. So they want the narcissist to feel comfortable. And how do you make a narcissist feel comfortable? Well, you give them your full attention. You compliment them. You make them feel like you adore them. And you, you think highly of them. And they'll, they'll open up immediately. Okay. So the reason why counseling, even if you try to get the narcissist into counseling, you're not going to get peace. So the narcissist, first of all, tries to um, manipulate the counselor counselor's not having any of this. The narcissist has no idea. Second meeting, um, narcissist is still trying to manip manipulate the counselor. The counselor um, starts to try to get the narcissist to talk about more deep things, right? And a, a, the other perspective tries to hear both sides of the story. 
Now, at this point, the narcissist is not happy that their partner is telling the ugly side of the story and needs to disprove it and defend himself or herself and tell the counselor that none of this is happening and the, the, the new supplier, the partner, is absolutely lying. They're the liar. So, okay, now third meeting. Third meeting, the counselor wants to get into why is the narcissist being so defensive? Can the narcissist hear what their partner is saying? So now it's becoming challenging to the narcissist. At this point, the narcissist shuts down and probably storms out if they didn't already storm out the first or second meeting. Um, so here you are, you're left, if you're the new supply, if you're the partner to the narcissist, you're left sitting there by yourself um, with the counselor. And the counselor has tried everything they could to keep the narcissist in the room, to keep the narcissist engaged. But at some point, they have to address the problem, which is the narcissist. And the narcissist does not want to hear that. It's always somebody else's problem. It is always everybody else's issue. And everybody else is to blame for their miserable life. And that is why the new supply has no peace with the narcissist. But here's the good news, you guys. We have peace, right? We get to come home. To a peaceful home. We don't have to walk on eggshells anymore. We don't get attacked the moment we open our door. In fact, you know, uh, if you have pets, you get greeted with happy barks and cuddles and a cat that might come up and rub up against your leg. You, you get greeted with love. And if you are lucky enough to get into another relationship where you build it on healthy boundaries healthy communication, you, you've learned the tools how to, to do this, right? To do this the right way. Like, I got to say, my husband and I, even though we mess up at times, mainly I'm the one messing up with him, but um, there are times he messes up with me as well. Uh, but we have the tools now to repair and then also to build. We have the tools where, you know, I've, I've told my friends this, uh, when my husband comes home, because usually I'm the first one home, and there have been times where he's home before I am, actually, and he's adopted this, which is so nice. So um, when he comes home, I greet him at the door. Like, as he's putting down his bag and taking off his jacket and doing stuff like that, you know, just putting things down, I come up and I greet him at the door with a hug and a kiss. And it's not like a fake huggy, kissy thing like, oh, hello, good to see you, kiss, kiss. Um, no, it's like, hey, you know, so glad to see you. And we have a great moment of embrace, right? We, we look at each other. We hear each other. We touch each other. This is part of, you know, some of the tools that you use to build healthy, loving relationships because it helps you to see the other person helps you to acknowledge the other person. So I don't know what kind of day my husband might have had. I don't know if it was stressful, which actually most of the time it probably is, um, doing the work that he's in. But uh, what would it be like for him if he came home and the first thing he, he saw or heard was me yelling and complaining and, and requiring him to jump in and help me clean up something or, um, you know, yelling at him because you know, I'm having a bad day. What the heck, right? What You're not going to build a good relationship like that. But here's the good news. You're going to build a good relationship because you are getting those tools, right? And if you don't have someone in your life right now, a partner in your life right now, use these tools with your friends. Like when you see your friends, don't just go, hey, you know, give them a welcoming Happy, big, giant smile, hug, handshake, embrace, you know, so glad to see you. And they're, you're going to be like their favorite person to go visit. <laughs> you're going to be the, their favorite person that comes to their home. So use these tools to build and focus and, and be aware of the friend that you have in front of you. Build these relationships. And I know you guys can do this. This this is the good news for us. 
Stop looking over at the supply who's posting baloney pictures of their, you know, latest outing or dinner or friends, you know, whatever, came coming over for a party. Ignore all of that because none of that is true. None of it is true. It's a snapshot and anybody can take a snapshot. It's like believing advertising, right? Do you really believe that if you drink a soda that all these beautiful women are going to start dancing with you in the streets? And then everybody's going to say hi to you and give you high fives. And there's music going to be playing in every, um, every place that you walk into. That is just an image, you guys. Exact same image that you see from the new supply and the narcissist who want to convince you that their life is perfect. And it's not. It's a total commercial. But your life is not a commercial. Remember that. Your life is not a Because commercials are not real, you guys. You might think like, oh, I want my life to look like this commercial. Oh, really? Do you want the set to be shut off? The lights to go go out? The, the soda can that you are drinking from is totally empty and is hot and warm and is not even refreshing? And, you know, do you really want the fakeness? No, you don't. Okay, you guys. Well, the time is up. We have had our hour of happy crappy hour. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you coming on. I love that you guys are encouraging one another. Thank you so much for doing that while I talk. And if you didn't catch some of the um, of this live stream while you were chatting with others, uh, go back and listen because I think there are a lot of good things in here that will help you. Uh, that will help you build really good relationships. Well, you guys, don't forget to watch a commercial once in a while. I do appreciate you buying me a cup of coffee. So, Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, Rahel. Let me see. Hold on. Let me make sure I got it right. You did this? Yes, Rahel. Thank you so much for doing that. I will definitely get a cup of coffee on you or maybe even lunch. <laughs> so, um, you guys, watch a commercial once in a while. Like the, like the video for me. Share it if you want. I'm going to be doing a smaller recap of this happy crappy hour if you want to share that with other people. Um, subscribe and I will see you next week. Oh, wait, let me see. Thank you. I was crying before I came in here. This helped me. Oh, I'm so glad. God bless you guys. God bless you specifically. Rahel, I appreciate you coming on. Many, many good things are coming your way. I know it because you guys are here because we have hope. So I will see you guys next week.